Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Monday, October 1st, and you're listening to the Red Sox Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Jared Scali alongside my co-host, Jess Thomas. All right, everyone, welcome into the show. Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage. For your Boston Red Sox, at Red Sox CLNS on Twitter. For the coverage of the network, Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on Stitcher, the mobile podcast app for CLNS as well. Um, Jess is here. I'm here. The season is over officially. Regular season, that is. And Jess, this is a milestone episode. And, you know, people have come on board. People have subscribed on iTunes. It's been a great run for us. This is episode 200. It's a big deal. It's uh, It caught me off guard because last week I was putting the show up and then I was putting the number and I didn't 100% realize it was episode 200 to this week. And then I was like, holy crap, next week is 200 episodes of Red Sox Beat. It's a big deal. It's a lot of episodes. And you've been here from the very beginning, right? Yeah, I, I helped start yeah, it with uh, good old Nate Rollins with back Nate in Rollins, the day. right. And I haven't been here for quite the whole time, but I've been here for probably, what, 75, 80% like 80% of it? of it, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a fun run, you know. Lauren came and went, Nate came and I booted him off, and now we're here <laughs> with the two of us, and we've kept it rolling with the two of us for quite a while, and we've had a lot of fun with it, and it's 200 episodes. It's really cool. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot of baseball. Only fitting our 200th episode is, one, to end the regular season and going into the playoffs, but also yeah. in the season that the Red Sox have won the most games ever in the history of their franchise. Um, so obviously we want to thank everyone who listens every week, and we know we have loyal listeners because you guys tweet us when we think, we think we're wrong. And um, so we appreciate you all listening. It's a big deal. Uh, thanks to obviously the network itself for getting the podcast off the ground a couple years ago now, whenever that was. Uh, it's been a while. So Probably three years at this I point. I say it's got to be at least three. So shout yeah. out to Nick Gelso and all the guys who run the network for us and having us start this podcast when I brought up the idea a while back. And So obviously shout out to them, but... No more pleasantry. Let's jump into the uh, the baseball here because this Jess this team finished with 108 wins. Mm. I thought they were going to get to 110. I'm kind of mad they didn't, but they, <laughs> they they rested their guys. And before we even jump into any of the major topics, Jess, just overall thoughts of the season. There were ups and downs, but this team is pretty special, and it seems like the inside the clubhouse presence they have with each other, the chemistry plus the talent they have on the field. I don't see this being a one and done team like it has been the last couple of years. No, this team's special. They got a lot going for them. They've got great team chemistry. They all love each other. They all play for each other. Obviously, it starts with Alex Cora. He finished with the second most wins for a first-year manager ever to Ralph Houck, who had 109 like 55, 60 years ago. He got 108, obviously, so he just missed that by one. But 
obviously most wins in Red Sox history and by far most wins by a uh, first first year manager for the Red Sox. So it's been awesome to watch. He's been great. Ten grand slams for the team. That's incredible, especially after zero last year. Ten is the second most in franchise history after the 2005 team at 11. So grand slams. They've had a couple walk-offs. Mookie Betts had an incredible season. J.D. Martinez almost won the Triple Crown, and he would in the NL easily. Um, and he also passed Dick Stewart today for the most home runs in his first year at the Red Sox. So another milestone there. And just just outstanding baseball up and down. You know, Chris Sale, David Price, Xander Bogarts. I mean, this just it goes on and on. This was an incredible season to watch. It was super fun. I like that it's over because now becomes the fun part, but I'm really sad that it's over because this was definitely probably maybe the most fun I've ever had watching baseball. This team is incredible. Yeah, it, it seems like they did a lot of things at the right times, and um, I just love the fact that pretty much the same roster from when John Farrell was the manager to Alex Cora. I had to bring this up. They now became the most winningest team in the Red Sox history just basically with a manager change, and I love that. And I think that it speaks to Alex Cora and the accomplishments that he has had. Now, I think the one thing that's going to linger into the postseason here is the way he handled the team down the stretch because he has rested a lot of guys and you know he, he's played that route versus keeping these guys sharp playing them all the game because we've had I mean they've known they've had the division for a while um, they've had the clinch division for a couple weeks so like he had two options it was play everybody play it play hard play them all the way through or rest some guys and figure it out as we get now we're in the postseason they played a lineup today normal and they won Against the Yankees, they lost Big two. Out, they lost two out of three, but they played wish wash lineups the majority of the week too. So, just before we go into sale, because I know that's a that's a topic for the week, especially because he's been named the game one starter. But overall thoughts of the way Coors handled it, are you okay with the rest that he's given guys? It's really a no win situation for him because think about it: if he plays everybody and somebody gets hurt, then people are going to say. Why are you so stupid? Why did you play your players? Now they're hurt and you're screwing yourself for the playoffs. That's one side. Then if you rest guys, people say, well, you're going to slump into the playoffs. you lose five out of seven games and now you're going to the playoffs with no momentum. So you can't win. You either somebody gets hurt and people yell at you or you lose a few games because you play spring training guys and then people complain that you're losing. So you really can't win it for him from a fan perspective. Uh, I think I'm fine with it because... As we know, these games don't matter. They didn't matter for the team, for them, or for the teams they were playing in terms of the of the standings at that point. So why wouldn't you rest them? I understand like staying fresh, but it's there's no point in risking injury. What if JD Martinez or Mookie Betts got hurt yesterday or today or two days ago? You'd never hear the end of it. So there's no point. So I think he did fine with it. I, I'm happy with how he did it. There's really no good way to do it. It's just, <laughs> it's a shame because like you're so good that you are able to do that. You don't necessarily want to because you want to stay fresh, but you'd rather be in this situation than like fighting for a one game playoff or fighting on a one game playoff to make the playoffs or something like that. I mean, you would take this a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, I think the biggest issue with me is just the fact that the, this weekend, the rest of the time, I don't really care because you have two weeks. Like it's a long season. I would have liked them to play the whole series against the Yankees straight up. Because, one, you beat, they beat you at home, gives them a little momentum going into the wild card game, which is going to be at their place, the Wiffle Ball Stadium that we all hate. You know, if you put your actual lineup there and just beat them into smithereens, even offensively, like, I don't care about the pitching. I get it's an issue anyway, but then just go and beat them. 
And then now you have a week off because you do. You don't play till Friday. So you have that time for these guys to rest. And now if you felt like some, if, if it's even a tweak or something goes wrong, you pull them out precautionary, you're good, and you play next week. But that's the one concern I had because I would honestly like them to just play offensively the straight up their lineup and beat the crap out of the Yankees and just be like, hey, go win that game. Go ahead. We'll see you Friday, and we're going to show you who the hell we are because well, we won 108 too, games, and we can hit the crap out of the baseball just like you can. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, obviously the Yankees, you know, clinched the first place in the wild card on Friday against the Red Sox and then got their 100th win on Saturday. So, like, they did get a couple of things against the Red Sox, which is obviously annoying because you never want to see that. But it just happened to be the timing of them getting that and them playing us. Well, they're a 100-win wild, 100 win team in a wild card game. It's sick, isn't it? It's not fair. I mean, it's it's great that you get to have both teams in, but it's so not fair because, I mean, they're the third-best team in the majors. With a hundred wins, and they get to if they lose one game, they're out. <laughs> like the right thing for the league in the way the season's gone would be them win the play-in game, they play the Red Sox, and then you have the three best teams in baseball playing in the divisional round. That's what should happen. We'll talk about that game because that we know that's happening. Um, so we can touch on that too because it's obviously a big implication of who you play as a red, as a team, the Red Sox. So we'll get to that. But biggest thing for me is that you know this weekend I would have liked them to play now concerns I have you know me there's a ton of concerns I still have and that there's holes in this team despite the 108 wins now maybe this year is different and they win in spite of those because they have done that all summer so you know we think that maybe they win in spite of the pitching whatever it may be my concern is Chris Sale right now because yes I know we talked about this one like a month ago when this first started happening was yeah Phantom DL and he came back he threw like 99 had a good start went back on it this is how they're gonna play it it's fine get them some extra rest he still can't touch the radar gun to where he's used to doing and now maybe they said something about the mechanics and they thought they figured something out so we'll see but his last start coming in his last start before friday was not a good one and he looked didn't look like anything close to being chris sale with his fastball yeah i can i can see why it'd be a concern because obviously it's you know at this point there's no more tune-up starts for the first game of the playoffs so yeah i mean he was throwing like 90 91 instead of you know 96 97 98 which is a big big difference so yeah it's weird because they did the whole thing exactly how they wanted to do it you know have him have some time off then pitch an inning then pitch three innings then pitch five you know it's exactly what they wanted to do with them and now here we are on the last day of september and people are still wondering if he's going to be ready i mean they really confirmed they said not a shoulder problem not a shoulder problem not a shoulder problem so okay i'll believe them if it's not a shoulder problem that's great. But how has a mechanics problem changed five or six, seven miles per hour? That's it's a, weird to it's, me. A lo- it's a lot of speed for a mechanics yeah. thing, especially because his curveball looks the same, like his slot. Like everything else is fine. It's just a lack of velocity. So are they trying to give us an excuse for an elbow situation? Are they trying to give us an excuse? Because we know, well, look at him. He's a twig. Like, he gets a lot of his power from his arm. So is there something there that we're not knowing? And we, but and it's hard for me to say that because Corey is pretty straightforward for lack of the way he handles it, whatever it's better for worse. But he's pretty honest about the injuries. He's not, he's not Bill Belichick. Like he doesn't sit here and hide these injuries from us. He's pretty knowledgeable and pretty straightforward with what he's, which is never happens with the manager, but something like this, he might hide because who wants to say, yeah, Ari has an elbow issue, but he's going to pitch game one. Yep, right. he's gonna lock are, it in. Are they worried about it? Like, are they worried that he's not going to pitch well on Friday, and they just want they don't want other people to freak out? So they're just saying like he'll be fine. We know what the problem is. Enjoy Friday. Like, 
I wonder if they're worried about it. It's hard to know. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd be I, worried about it if I were them. I, I think I would have had more faith, honestly. And this is this goes to Dombrowski because he said he wanted the he right away. Dombrowski came out and said, in "Game one starters Chris Sale. Why not? Why didn't you wait? Because honestly, Jess, I'd rather David Price pitch Friday. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it matters necessarily because you'll have one of them in game one and one in game two either way. But obviously, getting out to a one nothing lead in a three-game series is hugely important. So, yeah, maybe maybe it would be better with Price, but, I mean, Sale's their guy. He's their number one. He has been for a couple of years, and that's what they're going to go with. So I guess you just got to hope he's healthy. Do you have more confidence in David Price than Chris Sale right now to go out and pitch at least? Because I do. Just because I, I, if Chris Sale was 100%, it's Chris Sale. I don't really care. I want him on the mound. But with what's going on right now, I have more faith in – and, like, one-two really doesn't matter that much. You're going to pitch at Fenway regardless if you're David Price. But, like, wouldn't you have more faith in David Price to go out there game one and set the tone than Chris Taylor right now? I don't know. Which is crazy say, for me to say. but Yeah, I want to say yes, but I also don't because I trust Chris Taylor more in general. When he's healthy. Even, well, yeah, but even even so, he's a big game pitcher. So, I don't know. I would, I would say yes, except, obviously, now Price is – had a couple tougher starts the last few starts, and now he's putting more doubt in people's mind, even though all the doubt was gone before that. So it's too bad that he gave up a couple runs in both of those starts. So that's not making me feel great. And obviously you have the past playoff stuff, which I get really sick of hearing about. Yeah, I know. The Stars are 0-11 in the playoffs. Well, I get it. I know. Well, it's a new year. So I don't want to pin it on that, but I'm still going to say I'd rather have sailed just for because of who they are and what I've seen from them in their past. I look at the situation and it's really uh if this offense needs to win them games like that's how that's how they're gonna win these playoff games that's how they're going to uh, that's how I have more faith in this team is the offense that they've had all year and now look that's how I kind of felt in 2016 too and look what happened you sent David Ortiz off with no playoff wins right <laughs> which is awful but this team is built because of their offense like you have two guys who are both in the MVP race one of them's gonna win one of them's gonna be second right yep, probably gonna guaranteed. be probably gonna be bets but. You have a guy who should, could have won it. Yeah, but you guys could have had a triple crown winner in the NL if he was in the NL and very came close Easily. to pushing it in the AL for a while. We th- I thought he was going to win it for a while in J.D. Martinez. And you have an offense that is actually pretty scary. So I think whoever you play in the first round, you're going to win that series because of the offense. But the pitching scares me because as much as you don't want to talk about it, they, these guys have had chances in the postseason haven't succeeded. Um, Rick Porcello has been 50-50 this year, depending on which version of him you get. Um, I I mean, if you Evaldi, who knows? Yeah, if he plays the Yankees, he's been good with them. But you have iffy, washy starters behind Price and Sale that I don't really know if I trust, and that's the problem. Um, the bullpen's a whole different argument. We've talked about that. There's holes there that if the offense can't bail them out, you're nervous of how far the team can really go. But I said this last, last week on, obviously, uh, the show you weren't on last week, um, I said to Nick that, I trust the bullpen because it's going to be different than it is in the regular season because you're going to have starters in the bullpen like Stephen Wright and Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Valdi, guys like that. So I I feel better about the bullpen than I would without those guys with them in there. So I don't really worry as much about that. But yeah, I mean you got to have the starters because as we've seen the last couple of years, if your starter has you know pitches three or four innings and gives up five runs, then you're putting yourself in a deep hole really quickly. So the starting pitching is huge, and thankfully we do have good starting pitching. And, I mean, every team has – the Yankees starting pitching is really not that good. So, like, this, you know, uh, 
all, all teams have these problems, and they're all really good teams regardless. So it really just comes down to who executes on each particular day at this point. On paper, who has the least amount of problems? You or the Houston Astros? I mean, their starters are really good. So Top to bottom. They're phenomenal. It's hard to look. It's just, I mean, their offense is really good. Their stars are really good. It's close. I mean, what? They finished five games behind us, 103 wins. I mean, yep. they're a really good team, obviously, and they won the World Series last year. So you probably are going to have more people picking them over the Red Sox, which maybe is fair, maybe isn't. I don't know. But, I mean, Sox have won several games against the Astros this year. So I don't know. It really comes down to the pitching matchups and, you know, who's playing well at a particular time, and it's going to be really close. And, I mean, really could go any way. Same thing with the Yankees. I mean, they, they won 100 games, too. It's these are all really good teams. That's why I don't get the the narrative of like, oh, time to go jump off a bridge. The Red Sox are going to collapse. Well, no, I don't. I don't agree with that because I don't think there is any collapse here. Because even if you lose in the say the, I mean, yeah, the A's they have ninety seven wins too. But say the Yankees win and you play the Yankees in the playoffs, is there really a shame in losing a five game series to an one hundred win team? I mean, not really. And then the Astros, 100. I mean, it's it's crazy. These teams are all so good, and they've all. I mean, this is a historic season for for a lot of these teams. So like, it's anybody's playoffs. These are great teams. Anybody's chance to win. It's all a matter of who does well at, at the right time. And it's like, yes, I know the Red Sox have the most. They have 108, which is incredible. And I fully expect them in the World Series because I always do. But if they don't. It's not a disappointing season. These teams, these other teams are great. I think if the Red Sox don't get to the ALCS, it's kind of a disappointment just because of the last couple of years. And you are the best team in baseball. And at that point, you'd be you'd probably be playing Houston. I highly, I don't think Cleveland can beat Houston. But how that's, funny would that be? But that would be kind of funny. Um, that even honestly, that's even worse for you because you just don't play well against Cleveland for some reason. So <laughs> I, I think you almost want the Astros to win, just go toe to toe with them at that point. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces, and I think. We'll talk about this in a sec, but the this Red Sox episode of Red Sox Beat, of course, is brought to you by our good friends over at one in 100co Boston sports fans, if you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza, well, you're tired of paying for all those inflated markups from brokers or last-minute convenience charges if you can't grab them right when the team puts them on sale, uh, when we want to help you pay courtside prices out for there for the nosebleed seats, you can go to one in 10co It's O-N-E. 1N10-0.co. Um, the novelty of 1 in 100 is that there's no place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets. It's a totally new way to score tickets to your favorite events. Go to a, way, go to a Red Sox game for cheap. Uh, go to a playoff game for cheap when they raffled off. You get tickets to events are hard to get. We know that, and their good ones are going to be expensive. The cost to potentially score tickets with 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. Score a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after signing up. The experience of using 1 in 100, which is extremely fun and exciting, from picking your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. Feeling lucky, guys? Try it. 1 in 100.co. That's O-N-E-1-N-1-0-0.co. Our good friends over there putting on a good uh, raffle to get cheap tickets. And guys, it's it's a no-brainer. You go on there, you get a price, you, you, you pay one less beer, you get you pay for your ticket. So you guys are good. And then you're going to keep drinking and forget about the ticket you paid for anyway. So it works. Um, Jess, all right, let's move on to the conversation we want to have that's positive in a good way. So MVP. 
this debate's been having all summer because it's kind of been clear cut <laughs> all summer. It was going to be Betts or JD just because they were so good all summer and they haven't stopped. And then Betts got hurt. For me, it's Mookie Betts, and this was this is me saying I thought I about two months ago I said JD, and and that was and because I honestly thought he was going to win the triple crown, and for me that's like a no brainer at that point. If you win a triple crown, you're going to be the most valuable player. But what Mookie Betts does all the way around for a baseball team, and what he does in the field, what he does at the plate, as much as you're not supposed to take in your defensive ability for MVP, you kind of do because of what he does out there, the ability he can throw guys out. And does it hurt JD that he's DH? No because he has an impact and he plays outfield a little bit. But does it help Mookie Betts that he can be a leader and he, his presence is felt at the top of the lineup? It's a, it's a, there's that feeling that you can drive in RBIs, hit home runs, the leader of this clubhouse. I, to me, it's Mookie Betts, and it's kind of clear-cut. Yeah, I see why you say that, but I also don't understand why everybody is automatically saying it's him without a question. Like People are not even like even considering the alternative. They're like, it's Betts, 100%. I disagree. I think it's JD. I think Betts is going to get it, and I'm not going to be sad about that because he deserved it two years ago and he got totally He dropped. totally should have had it two years ago. Freaking Mike that, Trout and a team that was garbage. Yeah, that was a joke. And I'd feel terrible if he gets second again, which he would if JD won it. But I think it's JD. I really do. The guy has 50 more RBI than Betts, 130 to 80, not even close, 11 more home runs. That is very significant. Now, I get it. Betts has a 16 more point in his batting average, 346 to 330, but 330 is incredible too. It's second in the majors. It's just not as good as 346. Now Betts has 18 more runs. 129 runs is insane. JD has 111. JD has eight more hits, 188 to 180. Mookie has 10 more doubles, 47 to 37. And obviously the steals. Betts has 30. JD has six. That's a big difference. So the defense and the steals, I totally get for Betts. But other than that, I feel like the numbers are better for JD and we were talking about at the beginning of the show the difference between this team last year and this year Alex Cora and JD Martinez that's it JD Martinez has made a huge 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 difference on this team he is the main reason that they have 108 wins and that they weren't even close to that last year I just think he's had a bigger impact I think he's been more of an MVP I get I get the argument for bets I totally do and he's been incredible to watch and he's had an, a fantastic season his numbers are off the chart but I think it's JD and I said it all year I said that the entire year it's JD and I still think that I look at the RBI number and I kind of put that aside just because if bets hit third even third like if third like he would have the same close to the same number of RBIs just because of where he hits and like he gets a lot of opportunity to get RBIs at the leadoff spot don't get me wrong there because of the bottom of the lineup is still producing pretty well for this team, and that goes to the offense as a whole. This offense is stupidly good. But I look at that the RBI number I throw away, and the, something about Betts, and I think it's almost like the the Mike Trout effect with the MVP race. And, I, God, if Mike Trout was ever in the conversation this year, I probably would have punched a TV or something watching. He gets it. I'm going to jump off the bridge. Is he even in contention? Like, <laughs> is it even a conversation this year, though? Because of it, Matt- it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. I mean, I look at his numbers right now. He has 39 homers, which is good, but he has 79 RBI, which is one less than Betts. His average is 312, which is obviously 30 points below Betts. He has 101 runs as opposed to 129, and he has 147 hits, which is like 35 less, and he has half the amount of doubles as Betts. It's not even close. 
if he get, I don't, I think he is in the conversation because he's always in the conversation, but he absolutely shouldn't be. And if he gets like any votes, I'm literally gonna run in the street. Well, that's, well he's gonna get votes because he's gonna get votes. But look, <laughs> so, don't, so don't do that because you're gonna run into the street then because he's gonna get votes. Um, I, I look at this as as we, we so many people compare bets to Trout and like want to compare best team player in baseball, best player in baseball, that all around guy. If that's the case, then Betts has to win because he's the all-around guy. He's the face of baseball on the East Coast. I, th- I think he gets a lot more credit than Mike Trout does because people forget about Mike Trout because he plays on a terrible team. Um, so I look at the situation as all-around Mookie Betts does more for this team. I think J.D. has an impact, and I'm not doubting that. And I think it's really 1 or 1A, and it's almost like a 50-50 split. You have to pick one of them to win because they don't do co-MVPs. <laughs> so, they should, though. They should, they should, in real reality, be co-MVPs. They yeah, absolutely they, should. They, They're both equally valuable. Exactly. And on the, the best w- team in the league. And the problem so. with JD only playing DH the majority of the time, people bring in the defensive factor, even though they really shouldn't, because it's not it's not a hitting award. He's played plenty of outfield. No, I know, but it's not, <laughs> he's not that. But if you put outfield involved, I don't... I think it's Mookie Betts because he's a better outfielder. So he's a much better outfielder. Yeah. So I think, but I think it's the the passion he brings. I think it's a a clubhouse thing. I think JD's really good for this clubhouse too. It's really hard for me to even make an argument against JD because two months ago he was my guy. (laughs) Like I was like, yeah, it's definitely going to be JD. But I think part of me just believes now with the all around factor and the way Mookie was hurt and still leading some of these categories. Because guys, Mookie Betts, how long did Mookie Betts miss, Jess? It was a good. It was a little bit of time earlier in the year. Yeah, he's played 14 less games than JD. That's also you got. I guess you got to take that in consideration because if he played 14 more games, his numbers would be even better than they already are. Exactly. So it's just I, I think that's a big factor in it too that people are forgetting because that was earlier in the year. That was a while ago. So I look at Mookie it, Betts and it's going to be Betts. I'm it, sure he's going to get gonna, it. If it's not Betts, I'd be stupidly annoyed. If it wasn't a Red Sox, I'd burn something <laughs> because that's just so stupid. How one yeah. of those two guys are not the MVP, and if it's Mike Trout, then. God, this league, has, this league has problems as it is just because of the pace of play and the, the league itself not wanting to change. But if Mike Trout is the MVP again on a garbage team when two guys on the best team in baseball are yeah. worthy of it, that's stupid. Um, no chance. It's no, not going to happen. And that would it's going to be bets. I just wanted to give JD his case, and I think it should be JD, but I, I, I wish people were giving him more of a chance is basically what I'm saying, but I know it's going to be bets, guaranteed. Okay. Um, before we get, because there's other stuff going on around the league too. There's just two game one sixty threes, which is mind boggling oh. to me. Um, those are both happening Monday. If you're listening to this on the release date, then it's tonight. Um, before we get to that though, just because we have an A's and the Yankees game on Wednesday, and one game wild card. It sounds like Hap starting for the Yankees. I don't really know much of the A's players because they're pl- pulling Moneyball 2.0. Um, <laughs> with to 97 win these, to, wins. With 97 wins. The Rays missed the playoffs with, what, 89 wins? Um, they got 90. Did they win today? Yeah, they did. Oh, then it's 90. Okay, they won 90 games and missed the playoffs. Um, they had a sneaky good year. So Cleveland had 90 wins. Cleveland right. had 90 wins and won their freaking division because their division's terrible. This game on Wednesday, who who would you rather play? For fan reasons or for baseball reasons? Okay. <laughs> Wednesday, this stop there. Wednesday should be a really good baseball game. Yeah, this, it what, this playoff game. I mean, because the A's are on a roll. The Yankees I feel are catching fire the right time. I know. I, I'm from a fan's perspective. I'm rooting for the A's um, because I think one. I think it'd be nice to see the Yankees like miss. I guess quote unquote miss the playoffs, even though they're in. <laughs> And have the I I want the A's to do well. Like the A's are are out there. They have a terrible stadium. They play in a massive place they shouldn't be playing in. Um, they had a great year, and they had a great year. And people forget about it. it so 
I want the A's to win. I think for baseball, it's better if the Yankees win because then you have Red Sox, Yankees, and I think that's needed. Um, I'm scared of the Yankees, to be honest, a little bit, Jess. You know, just a little bit. Because they just broke the all-time record of home runs. Home runs. Yeah. They play in a wiffle ball stadium, and you have to go there yeah. to play games. And they're catching a fire a little bit here. They're playing good baseball. They just got Judge back. D.D. Gregorius is not out. He's like he should have been. He's healthy and well, healthy-ish and playing. So I'm kind of scared right. of the Yankees a little bit. And, and their bullpen is locked down. So, like, a little concerned about the Yankees, Jess. <laughs> Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, the A's have played the Red Sox well this season. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but I think you have a better chance against the A's. So if you are talking about a baseball perspective, I think you want the A's to win to give yourself a better chance to win. Obviously, the Yankees will be much more fun for drama-wise because a couple of reasons. One, the Red Sox and Yankees haven't played each other in the playoffs since 2004, which is crazy, but it's true. And another stat, these two teams have never played each other in the ALDS. The only time they've played each other in the playoffs has been the ALCS. So it would be really cool to see it happen because it's history and it's drama and it'd be insane that one 100-plus win team would lose in the first round. It's cruel. It shouldn't even happen. It's not even fair. It's horribly unfair. But it's going to happen. If the Yankees win, it's going to happen. One of the teams is going to lose. And a 100-win team is not going to make the ALCS, guaranteed. So, yeah, from like a drama baseball perspective, obviously the Yankees. But I want the Red Sox to win the World Series, so I'm willing to put aside that matchup for one more year (laughs) and hope that it's the A's. But I don't know. I mean, they're both really good teams. It's going to be a great series no matter what, and that's going to be an awesome game on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to it. I look at that situation as uh, I just – don't want anything to do with the Yankees. The Oakland series would suck for them just because of the travel. Um, Because they have to go cross-country, but obviously the Ace have to do that too. Um, Either way, they have to do that. But I I look at the situation where I just want them to play the A's because the Yankees, man, as much as we can crap on them, they won 100 games. They beat out the 97 Mariners for the most home runs in a single season, and that team had like Griffey and A-Rod on it. Like that, That was a phenomenal team. Um I, I don't know. Something about the Yankees that are freaking me out, and I, I don't know why. I think they might even still win the series, but I look at that Wednesday night game, and I think if you're a Red Sox fan, you better be better be an Oakland A's fan for that night and, right. ho- and hope they get you and play on Friday. Well, it's crazy with the Yankees lineup because now that they've broken that record, I read that every single player in their lineup has 20 or more homers in the starting lineup. That's absurd. Yeah. They're eight, they're seven, eight, nine hitters all have twenty plus homers too. I mean, that's nuts. Insane. That's, that's scary. Um, so that's that definitely scary. That'll be a fun game to watch. We'll um, we'll obviously talk about it a little bit because next week we'll be talking about some Red Sox games because we'll be on after <laughs> they start the series of whoever they're going to play. Um, before we get out of here, let's talk about the NL because two divisions just have come are coming down to the wire. Game one sixty three, yeah. NL Central, Milwaukee Brewers and the Cubs, and then the Dodgers and Rockies are playing for the NL West. Um. The Milwaukee Brewers are an insane story. They were like down, I think it was like five games at some point earlier this month. Um, they These guys are not losing right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the division, win tomorrow. Uh, I know Jose Quintana is pitching for the Cubs. I saw that earlier. I don't know who's pitching for the Brewers. But I would be afraid to play the Brewers regardless because they're in the playoffs. It's just a matter of if it's a wild card game or the, the win the division. Right. I wouldn't want to play the Brewers. Because they are believing in themselves right now. Yelich is just stupidly good. 
And yeah, when did he become an MVP candidate? <laughs> I don't know. Out of nowhere. Well, it's the Brewers. No one watches the Brewers, and this is the problem. They're wasting away in Milwaukee, but in a good way. They're a really good baseball team. Yes. And I think they'd be really fun to watch in the postseason. I wouldn't want to play them. Same with the Rockies. This is what they did, the Rockies, when they went to the World Series and then eventually got swept by our Boston Red Sox. They caught a tear earlier, late in the year. And they've been good pretty consistently all year, but these Rockies are on t- a fire right now and those two teams are lethal and in an NL as a general that's been pretty competitive all year and had some teams unlike the AL that were in on the bubble that didn't make it to the playoffs it's a very competitive league despite not no teams winning 100 games those two teams scare me and I think those are the two I think those two teams beat the Dodgers and the Cubs and you put them in the playoff game (laughs) yeah I mean we always talk about hot teams in the playoffs the Brewers have won seven games in a row and the Rockies have won eight of nine hold on one two three four five six seven eight nine of ten wow so yeah they both barely lost in the last like two weeks of the season and they're right there i can't believe that the brewers caught the cubs they have the exact same record home and away too they're carbon copies of each other same record same record home and same record away insane so that's gonna be fun they both have 95 wins and yeah i mean the Rockies were in first place for a decent amount of time, then they fell back a little bit, and then people were picking the Dodgers to have a better chance, and then the Rockies decided to win 9 of 10, and now they're tied again. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. They both have 91 wins, so, and then the Braves have 90 wins. So the NL's interesting. No team's fantastic. There's no 100-win teams. It's not even a 96-win team. But we get two, two uh, 160, game 163s. Just to figure out what the playoffs are, that's exciting. I'm really looking forward to to that. So it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, hot teams are where it's at. And it's a complete 180 of the AL. AL's been decided for the last like three months. Right, and then the NL's decided to get really tight at the last possible second. So yeah, it's going to be fun. These teams are going to be hard to beat. The Brewers are a great story. I, I'm rooting for the Brewers and Rockies. Different names, not your typical teams. They both had great years. That's awesome. Are people are people like? writing off the NL. It seems like they are. Like in terms of like winning a World Series cuz no, I kind of AL so much better. People put the asterisk next to the 100 win teams sometimes because they played I mean we played the Baltimore Orioles how many times and they suck. <laughs> so 16 and 3 against them. Yeah, so I think I think there's a lot to do with that too of why three, you had 300 win teams because the AL some of the AL teams were just awful. But I think people are writing off the NL too soon. There are some really good baseball teams, and the reason why they didn't win 100 games is because they were all playing each other. So you have you have four teams who are playing playing games tomorrow. Like two divisions are going down to the wire. That means they all had to play each other all season, which means they couldn't win 100 games because they just kept beating each other. Right. No, I, I agree in one sense, but in another sense, you have the Rays with 90 wins and the Mariners with 89 wins, neither making the playoffs. So, like, there's also there's there's incredible teams in the AL, and then still like really good teams that would be making the playoffs in the NL that aren't. So, but the Baltimore Orioles are in the AL. So I know 47 and 115. That's, un- that's wow. unreal. 115, 115 games. You lost 115 games. Like, how do you do that? 61 games behind the Red Sox. Really historic stuff going on. But So, yeah, maybe the numbers are a little inflated for the AL teams, but I, they just seem at this point a lot better than the NL. But who am I to talk? I don't watch the National League. So I'm looking forward to seeing how these teams do play when I can watch them yeah. starting now. So Seriously. It's going to be fun. The only thing that sucks about playoff baseball is all these day games. It's a fit of yeah, fortunately, I work at a place where I have a 
TV. I mean, I do too. Want to sit right next to <laughs> But like, it's just the pain because it's just I want to I want to sit at home on my couch and be a right. fan. Um, we'll see because you know what the Red Sox being the Red Sox, they should have a night game. Like they should have priority because they're the best team in baseball. Right. Um, and so if they play the A's, the A's are in the West Coast, so the game's gonna be later. The game's gonna maybe not later. Maybe maybe not super late, but later than well, it would it'd be, be like an eight o'clock game. It would be a prime right. time game. It wouldn't be a four o'clock start. Right. So if done. you like later games, root for the A's as well. <laughs> I mean, because look at look at last year's series against Houston, right? Like how many of those they were all. I was watched all of them at work. Right. They were like all four o'clock. Yeah, it was insane. So I was I was listening to them on the radio, driving around doing wedding stuff, and then having a wedding. <laughs> yeah, and then having a wedding. Yeah, exactly. So. All right, we'll leave it there. Obviously, a week off. Red Sox baseball returns on Friday. Play the winner of the A's and the Yankees. Root for the A's. If you're a fan, I promise you, you won't be disappointed because the Yankees are going to be a little pesky for you. Uh, We'll leave it there. Jess over there at Red Sox CLNS on the coverage for the whole network for the Red Sox. As we ramp up things, there'll be Red Sox coverage all week. We'll be tweeting the playoff stuff. So uh, don't just think because the Red Sox are going away for the week, there won't be enough to talk about because there will be a lot of baseball going on this week around the league. And then, of course, on Facebook, Red Sox Beat Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on Stitcher as well. Uh, but definitely go to iTunes. Hit the subscribe button. This is episode freaking 200. How do we get there, Jess? Three-ish yeah. years later. Definitely. I've been here since day one. Huge shout again to the network. Nick Gelso, the founder, for having us uh, start this podcast back when. Shout out to my former colleague, Nate Rollins, for helping me get the thing off the ground. Jess Thomas, of course, Lauren Campbell, moving to bigger and better things over in essence, so she could not do the show anymore. But... We'll be back next week, hopefully, hopefully talking about some Red Sox wins in the playoffs and Chris Dale hitting 99 on the gun. Talk to you next week, everybody. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the postseason baseball.